Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Philippians 1. Um, I, I love this portion of Scripture. Um, there is such a heart behind uh, what Paul is sharing. I, I, I pray it will be a help to us on how we handle difficulties, how we handle our testimony uh, when trials come our way. And it says in uh, Philippians 1, look at verse number, um, let's see, we ended up on 11 on Friday, and verse 12. But I would, I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And uh, you say, what's happened to Paul? Well, right now, Paul is writing to this church from the Mamertine prison. He's there under house arrest. And uh, can't go anywhere. He's got uh, he's got a, a guard, if you would, chained to him, or or uh, standing watch over him, and and uh, no doubt they have shifts. and And he says this. He says, "I want you guys to understand something. The persecution that has come my way, the imprisonment, the things that I have faced." He said, "Here's his perspective. What a what a heavenly perspective, by the way." He says, "These things have happened for this purpose, for this cause, the furtherance of the gospel." Wow. You see, we would look at it this way. Uh, we'd say, uh, we'd say, um, uh, this has been a hindrance to the gospel. This has kept me from doing what God wants me to do as it relates to the gospel. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. These bonds. I mean, he almost he kind of glories in his bonds. In Second uh, Timothy, he talks about the, those that weren't ashamed of his bonds, and uh, and he kind of has that theme several times in his epistles, and uh, he talks about these difficulties that has come his way. For the purpose of the gospel. Now, what's interesting is this. What gave us the gospel? What has given us the gospel was the sufferings of Christ. The, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection. That is the message of the gospel. So would it be a surprise to us that the furtherance of the gospel might come in like manner? Uh, I think of the great martyrs through history. And, and uh, history has told us that the blood of the martyrs is their seed. Uh, the more there's persecution and the more there's suffering, the more the gospel tends to spread. You know, I hear of reports of, of revival and, and, and salvations breaking out in, in Muslim countries where it's illegal to openly practice Christianity. And I'm hearing about it in the underground churches in China and, and, uh, and various places. And, and uh, what's happening, you'd think that the more restrictions, uh, the more it would dampen the, the spread of the gospel. But in reality... It uh, well, one, it's going to show who who the true followers are, but it but it really it gets you to this place that if if I'm going to be risking my life, I need to make sure I'm all in, and and that's Paul's attitude here. Uh, I'm reminded of Joseph. Remember Joseph in uh, the book of Genesis. Um, he went through, you know, he's betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery. He was put uh, uh, put in charge of uh, of Potiphar's household, and and uh, he was lied about. And so he goes to prison. Uh, he was accused of uh, of uh, making moves on his master's wife, and and so he goes to prison. And uh, in, and in prison, uh, he interprets some dreams. And you know, long story short, he gets to the point where he is promoted to second in command next to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at the time. And and uh, and the famine comes into the land. His brethren, who sold him into slavery, come. 
uh, needing some food, needing to be taken care of, and and there's this wonderful reunion, and um, and uh, they come to they get back together. He forgives them, and uh, and he brings his dad and his whole family over to Egypt, but then dad passes away, and the brothers are saying hey, maybe Joseph was only kind to us because. Uh, uh, because of dad. And so they go to him and they said, um, uh, Joseph, dad's dying wish was that you would forgive us. And Joseph was very grieved in his heart. And he said, am I in the place of God? And, and I love what he says. He says, you guys, as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good. And then I love the next phrase, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. And God gave him an opportunity to nurture the little ones and to take care of his family. And, and but there's an incredible, profound statement that's made there that I believe is true, uh, really, for every one of us. That when we take persecution, when we take uh, troubles and trials with patience, uh, uh, as from the Lord, uh, here's, here's what happens. God uses it to save much people alive, or as Paul said it, for the furtherance of the gospel. The problem is, I think many times we miss it. We say, what's this all about? This isn't making any sense. This, is, this can't be of God. This, after all, doesn't God just want to pour out blessings on me? <laughs> uh, aren't, aren't I God? You know, uh, uh, isn't, isn't that what the gospel's all about? You know, that we'd never be sick, that we'd always have plenty. And, and to that, I would say, no, you've completely missed the gospel. In fact, the definition of the gospel is the death, burial, resurrection, according to scriptures, of, of our Lord. And uh, to, if you ask me, that does not sound like blessings. I mean, honestly. Now, there are tremendous blessings. Uh, just the fact that I'm saved, the fact that I can be in a right relationship with God because of the sacrifice of Christ. Hey, blessings beyond uh, compare, beyond measure. But, uh, but don't think for a second that, that the whole purpose for, Christ, uh, for God saving you was for him to just give, 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 give. No, no, we are his servant. We get it all backwards. Why? Because we love ourselves. We're so narcissistic. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, there, there are really two approaches to, to studying the scriptures. And uh, there's, uh, there's what's called uh, exegesis, where you exegite. That means to, to, to pull out of the scriptures what, what's there. Uh, you, you, you take it for what it is, and you, and you study it, and you pull it out, and you learn the understanding. The other way is exegesis, where I'm reading into the text. Wanted to say, and I heard someone recently say this. And I don't know if it's been a word. It's the first time I heard it, uh, uh, and he said, "Narsa Jesus," <laughs> where I'm reading myself into the scriptures, and I think we have a we have a bad time with that. Now, scriptures are applicable, and uh, that there is a lot in there for me. But let me just say, it's not about you. It's about Him. It's about the glory of God, and uh, and so what I say with that is this: that Paul hears, you know, when he starts it off, and he says. Uh, Paul and Timotheus, verse 1, servants of Jesus Christ. Paul means it. He is a servant of Jesus Christ and no other. And so when he says the sufferings and the persecutions come along, this is where he wants me serving right now. <laughs> servant of Jesus Christ. You know, I believe persecution is coming to America. And, uh, and I believe the day is coming where, where we're going to have a lot of uh, prison ministries from the inside. And, uh, you know, preachers getting arrested and going to prison. And here's what we're going to find out. We're going to find out the faithful ones. Um, I, think, uh, I think of some uh, believers that have been imprisoned and, uh, and how they've just won scores of people to the Lord and their time in, the, in, in jail. And they're not, you know, instead of being down and feeling sorry for themselves, they see it as an opportunity. And, uh, 
Uh, I could tell you several stories right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the text right now. But so here's what Paul says again. We're in Philippians one verse, uh, verse 12, but, but I would, you should understand. He said, I want you guys to get a hold of this. Understand that the things which happened to me, these stripes, these imprisonments, these persecutions is for the purpose of the furtherance of the gospel. And I was going to uh, uh, dive into that a little bit, uh, iterate, uh, reiterate that a little. And he says this, verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all places. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, excuse me. My bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and all over, uh, excuse me, and all other places. I love that. If we're not careful, we're going to read right past that. Paul, what's going on? He says, the persecutions that I've experienced, the things that I've faced, has taken the gospel even to the palace. You say, what does that mean? There are people in the government, there are people in the palace, if you would, that had gotten saved because of Paul's bonds, because of Paul's testimony. What what amazing thought that is. I don't know what the backstory is to that. I hope I can find out one day and when you get to heaven. But uh, I, I almost see it like this. Uh, this prison guard comes along. Paul looks at him and says, hey, you're new, aren't you? I've not, I've not been chained to you before. He says, let me tell you my story. One day I was walking along the road to Damascus uh, to go persecute some Christians. And, and he goes and tells this story yet again. And I imagine some of those as they're rotating through get stationed in the palace. And they're saying, have you guys run into that loony preacher, Paul? Boy, the message that he shared with me changed my life. And now they're sharing with others. And, and what's happening? It's all the way to the palace. And he says, and in all places, while he's chained up, his message is going out in all these other places. What a, what a tremendous thought. You know, I think so many of us would say, you know, woe is me. I'm here in prison. How am I supposed to serve God here? And we'd be down on ourselves. Paul's like, this is a tremendous opportunity. Uh, this is for the furtherance of the gospel. He says, in the palace and all the other places, it's gone forward. Uh, verse 14. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident in my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier about the blood of the martyrs is their seed. When there's persecution, when there, when, when your faith is going to cost you something, you got to determine, am I willing to go that far? When you are, uh, there's a boldness that's going to come over you. The Spirit of God is going to comfort you and, and, and lead you and guide you and open those doors as, as he prayed before, you know, that there'd be a great open door, uh, for me and that utterance might be made. I think we, we saw that in Colossians. And so, uh, so, so, so here's the concept. Either you're going to find out my faith isn't real. It's not going to take me very far. Or you're going to say, uh, you know what? I need to pick a side. And, uh, and if I'm going to die for a cause, this is the cause that I'm going to lay my life down for. So what happens is they see Paul and his joy while in prison. They see Paul and his confidence in bonds. They see him, how he's not backing down, though they whip him, though they beat him, though they stone him. Uh, all these things that take place, he does not back down. What does he do? He, he keeps on preaching with joy. And he says, uh, hey, have you heard the gospel yet? And he tells the next guy, and he tells the next guy, you know, Paul, you know, this is what got you in here in the first place. He goes, I know. But now what are you going to do? Send me to prison again? I'm already here, right? And uh, uh, and so what has it done? It's created a boldness and a confidence. You know, that's the story we read if you ever visited the book, the Fox's Book of Martyrs. 
where you see great persecution, primarily done by the Catholic Church, by the way, uh, trying to stomp out the true gospel and uh, and those that would get the Bible into the common man's language. And um, and what they would find is uh, these people, as they would go with boldness to be burned at the stake, uh, boldness to whatever the situation was, their followers would watch them. And uh, and there's one one record, uh, you know, they were basically saying, "Hey, tell us, show us a sign if uh, if uh, you know if if you're able to tolerate the pain and tolerate the suffering." And and uh, there's one important. I don't remember which martyr it was, but uh, as he was there on, at the stake, you know, he's quoting scripture and he's singing songs. And as the 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 bands tear uh, uh, burn off, and uh, his hands were now down to nubs, he raised his hands and began clapping the tips together. You know, basically saying, "Guys, I'm I'm fine." I'm burning alive right now, and I'm fine, and I'm about to be with my Savior. What a tremendous thing. And boy, that had to have emboldened his followers. You know, another uh, martyr had said this, What I've preached with my lips, I now seal with my blood. Being able to go all the way to death. You know, I love it. In Revelation, it talks about the martyrs, how they love, their, they love not their lives even unto death. Why? Because their Savior's worthy of it. And uh, what a tremendous thought. So as Paul suffers, and I want to say this, Christians, as we suffer with grace. Now, we may not be be persecuted, per se, and especially to the level of Paul, but as we go through trials, they're coming. As we go through these difficulties, we do it with grace, and we suffer with grace, and we say, you know what, God's got a plan in this. And I love love 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the God of all comfort who comfort us in our, in our tribulation, that we, with the comfort that we are comforted with, might be a, a comfort to others, to them that are needy. You, know, you see, what does he do? He comforts us, he meets us with his grace to go through the trial. Count it all joy, my brother, we fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting or, or lacking nothing. Uh, Paul, Peter says it this way. He says, if any man suffer according to the will of God. Yes, it's God's will sometimes that we suffer and that we take it patiently and that we rejoice in it. Uh, Peter and, and, or, uh, yeah, Peter and John, when they were uh, persecuted, they were in prison and whipped and they were commanded, don't preach this name anymore. And with boldness, they said, we will obey God rather than men. And the Bible says they went away rejoicing, being counted worthy, worthy to be partakers of Christ's sufferings. What a tremendous mindset. Tremendous thought. So what does it do? It creates more boldness in others. The People are watching. You think you're suffering alone. Listen, people are watching. Uh, your children are listening. You know, when you're talking about uh, other believers that have turned on you and you're talking about the way people treat you. And, and let me just say, preachers, if there are any, any preachers that are listening to this, uh, I, I, I struggle with this. i got to step back and, and, and realize there are little ears listening. Uh, heard a story about a, about a young man and uh, his dad was a preacher, and he was uh, he was sitting in the back row of a church uh, in a church service, and uh, and uh, and he actually responded to the invitation during this service and got saved. And he was uh, he was a young man, a young adult, and and uh, and the pastor of that church uh, sat down with him later and asked him. He said, uh, he said, why did it take you so long to get saved? And or you know, tell me your story. And you know, he was just convinced that if he didn't respond at this moment. He said, uh, he said, I just knew uh, this was my last chance. I was just so impressed in my heart. And he said, what took you so long to get saved? And he said this, every, every Sunday, driving home from church, I'd hear my parents talking about the families in the church that were just breaking their heart. Those that had been 
gossiping about them, those that had been giving them a hard time in the in the leadership there, and and uh, those that you know, and and uh, and and he said, from a young child, I just I just saw, boy, if these are how Christians treat each other, this is how Christians will treat the the pastor who's who's feeding them and caring for their souls. And he said, I don't know if I want a part of that. And let me just say, as you go through trials, as you go through difficulties, others are watching. Your children are watching. Other believers, lost people are watching. But the reality is when we go through it with uh, with peace, with joy, with confidence, uh, it gives others a boldness. That's what we're seeing here in Philippians 1. Again, and so uh, so uh, verse 14, others are, are waxing bold, speaking the word without fear. <laughs> what do you mean without fear? Aren't they, you know, there, there should be fear of the Jews. There should be fear of persecution. And he says, no, because of uh, Paul's testimony, he says, they're preaching without fear. And it goes on, it says, uh, verse 15, some indeed, now this, this verse gets me, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Some are preaching Christ out of envy and out of strife. What's strife? Fighting, envy, jealous of Paul, uh, I think is the implication. To, uh, but but well, what, what he's saying is some are preaching Christ out of just poor motives. Why are you preaching Christ? Why are you sharing Christ? And we need to be careful. Boy, I tell you, sometimes we, uh, uh, we use Christ to condemn. We, you know, we, we might, you might uh, uh, have the term Bible thumpers, right? Uh, and the idea is smacking everyone on the head with your Bible. You know, listen, uh, especially with a lost person, lost people do what lost people do. They don't need to be smacked upside the head with how far they are away from the Christian life. No, they need to get saved. You see, that's the bottom line. But uh, some, some out of envy, some out of strife, some out of goodwill. You know, he said some are doing it right. Some have the right motives. And then look at verse 16. And one, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely. Boy, I think that's a good description of some preachers I've come across before. They're preaching Christ out of contention. What are you so mad about, preacher? What are you, what are you fighting about out of contention? And then he says, uh, um, uh, let's see, uh, one preacher, uh, not, not sincerely. There's no sincerity there. We talked about this, uh, I think, yesterday, about or uh, Friday, about uh, having unfeigned faith, uh, uh, without hypocrisy, being legit uh, with your walk with God, with your testimony. He says, these guys, they're not sincere when they preach Christ. And then it goes on, and it says, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Here's their motive. Here's why they're preaching. They're preaching out of envy, out of strife, out of contention. For the purpose of adding to Paul's bonds. <laughs> this will show him that I'm going to get at Paul. You know, it reminds me of uh, the great preacher of yesteryear. Probably the most published preacher of all time. Uh, the great Charles Spurgeon. And in his day, I tell you what, every preacher was against him. They would write articles about him in the paper. Uh, other preachers, other pastors were saying, I, I highly question, you know, uh, I question the, the validity of his conversion. They'll, they'd say things like that. You know, they're doubting if he's even saved. And, and they're so against him. And uh, what's interesting here is Paul, he's saying, these guys, yes, they're preaching Christ, but they're doing it like out of spite against me. What what a horrible motive. This is the kind of stuff by, that is going to be burned up at the judgment seat of Christ. You did a good thing. You did it for the right person, Jesus Christ, but you did it with the wrong motive, and those motives are going to make it burn. I'm telling you, and I'm afraid many times we do things, good things, with the wrong motive, with the wrong intention. Oh, I hope someone sees me, or I, you know, I hope, you know, I hope this puts that person in their place, you know. 
Look how much better I serve God than they did. I'm telling you, you're losing your reward. And these guys, uh, they're losing their reward. But notice Paul's opinion of this. He doesn't say, you know, ah, curse be, be them. No, he doesn't say anything like that. Here's what he says. Verse 17. Uh, well, then he talks about some positive. He says, but the, the other of love, knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Here's the heart of Paul. We have all these negatives, but then there are some that are preaching out of love and preaching as, if you would, followers of Paul, Paul's disciples, so to speak. And he says, they're doing out of love because they know I am set for the defense of the gospel. We looked at the word defense earlier, and it means uh, it's the word apologia, uh, uh, to, to give a reason, uh, to defend, to stand, you know, to be able to explain why you believe what you believe. He said, I am set for the defense, the clear understanding of the gospel. They're doing out of love. Paul's in prison, guys. We need to pick up the slack. We need to go preach. Because he can't go to these places. You and I can go to these places. So we need to preach. Because Paul is set for the defense of the gospel. What an awesome testimony. You know, by the way, I wonder if those in my life, those that are around me, would say that about me. Uh, you know, Aaron, I don't agree with him on everything, maybe. Or I don't, you know, he's a little different, a little oddball, uh, uh, being from California and everything. But, uh, but I know one thing about him. He is set for the defense of the gospel. Boy, I sure hope that is said about me. And, and I want that to be. And I wish these training exercises would go find another place. It's like these helicopters around us. But uh, we're going to move on. And uh, so he says this. That's why, uh, verse 18. What then? You, you got these people that are negative, these people that are positive, and, uh, and everything. And so what is, what's Paul's conclusion? Notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached... And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Wow. That just put me in my place. That just convicted my heart. Why? Because you look at motives and you're like, this is wrong. These guys have the wrong, you know, they may have the right message, but they got the wrong motive and the wrong intention. And and Paul is saying this, hey, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad the gospel is being preached. Whether in pretense or in truth, whether whether it's insincere, he says not sincerely, right? Whether it's they're preaching the gospel of strife, of contention, to add to my bonds, or out of love, because I'm set for the defense of the gospel, I don't care. As long as the gospel is getting out, God's word will not return void unto him, I am going to rejoice in that. Wow. Now, I want to say this. We're not talking about false gospels. We're not talking about heresy. Uh, they're preaching the gospel. All right, uh, Paul, Galatians, the whole book of Galatians is to call out those that are teaching a wrong gospel. All right, In Revelation, Jesus commended a church because they called out those that had uh, a wrong doctrine. Because, you know, he said, I commend you guys because you couldn't stand the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. You know? And you called out those that said they were apostles and were found to be liars. Right, and uh, so so uh, when we're talking about actual heresy, by all means, uh, uh, call it out, warn people, mark them which cause divisions contrary to the doctrine which you have received, and avoid them. It says in Romans. But here's what we're talking about: is this uh, those that are? I think I just took a bug in. <laughs> those that are um, preaching the truth, the true gospel, they may not have the right heart. You know, there's there's a guy. Uh, uh, in Arizona, drives me insane. He has a heart that is so far from from the heart of Christ, and uh, and there are some areas where he is speaking heresy. But I'll tell you one thing: he preaches the gospel, and he is an active soul winner. And uh, 
and uh, I warn people about him because uh, I, I think he's uh, uh, I think there's quite quite a bit of unleaven there. But uh, but you know what I rejoice about? He, he's sharing the gospel. He's getting the gospel out. And, and there are folks I would never maybe go to their church, never be a part of what's going on there. But I'll tell you what, if they're preaching the gospel, uh, I'll rejoice in that. And if the gospel would go forward, God can correct a lot of things. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, his job is to guide us to truth. And uh, he can get people uh, to the truth. I'm reminded of, uh, I believe it was Jonathan Edwards, one of the great revivalists. He... Um, he was, uh, let me get, get my, everything straight in my mind. He was either, uh, I can't remember what denomination he was. He's not one that I think even today he would connect with. But he preached the true gospel. His own denomination, I don't think, preached the, 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 the gospel. And he'd preach it. And then many of his converts would then go and join the Baptist church. And uh, he made this statement. He said, all my swans are turning into ducks. And that was his, uh, his metaphor for all his converts were, were going and getting baptized in the Baptist church because they were preaching the gospel that he preached. But, uh, but his own denomination, his own churches uh, didn't preach. I believe it was Jonathan Edwards. But, uh, uh, but anyways, um, he says, uh, uh, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preaching. I therein do rejoice. And uh, what, a, what a heart that Paul had. He's saying, hey, I want you guys to understand something, that this suffering that I'm going through, the gospel is going forward. Even people in the palace are saved because of this. And yes, there are those that are trying to add to my bonds, and I'm thankful for those who are who are uh, preaching truth out of sincerity. And, and uh, he says, but you know what? Uh, at a, when it all shakes out at the end, it's not about me. It's about Christ, and I am just glad Christ is being preached. I'm glad the gospel's going forward. And uh, what a heart to have. And, and I want to ask us, here's a question. When things don't go our way, when difficulties come, and, and whether it be persecutions or just reg- or trials, uh, you know, be careful because people are watching how we respond. Is it going to give our children a boldness to follow Christ, or is it going to give them cause them concern? And uh, uh, or you know, is it going to give those that follow our cowork- lost coworkers? Is it going to cause them to be inquisitive about your faith, or is it going to be, be like ah, another faker? You see, people are watching. And, and it's going to make some bold. It's going to make some turn away. Some are going to add to it because there's envy and there's strife. But you know what? Just be glad that someone's wanting to follow Christ. Christ.